0: the mystical city of God in a year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney. And throughout the year, I'm reading and reflecting on the four volume over 2500 page work by the venerable Maria of Agreda. If you would like to discuss today's readings, I invite you to head on over to Facebook and there you'll find the mystical city of God in a Year podcast group page. And you'll be able to share your thoughts and insights with those who are listening and following along. Let us now thank God for the life of venerable Maria of Agreda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaim the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example and holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria, teach us how to pray and meditate. Teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir a flame in our hearts the same missionary fervor of Sor Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 282, and we are reading from Volume 4, Book 7, Chapter 3, Paragraphs 32 to 38. 32. And the city hath no need of the sun, nor of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of the Lord hath enlightened it, and the Lamb is the lamp thereof. After our Queen had returned to the world from the right hand of her divine Son, her spirit was enlightened not only in the manner common to the saints, nor only in the manner she had been enlightened before her ascension. But, in recompense for the clear vision and fruition of which she deprived herself in order to return to the militant church, another kind of vision, an abstractive and continual vision of the divinity, was conferred upon her, and with it was joined another kind of fruition proportionate to it. Hence, in a manner peculiar to her, she participated in the state of the comprehensors, though she was yet a pilgrim. Besides this privilege, she enjoyed also another that her divine Son and the sacramental species of bread remained continually within her bosom, as in his proper tabernacle. For whenever she received Holy Communion, the sacred species were not dissolved until she received them the next time. So that as long as she lived in the world, after her descent from heaven, she bore with her, without intermission, her divine Son and sacramental God. By a special kind of vision, she also saw him within herself, and conversed with him without the necessity of seeking his royal presence anywhere outside of herself. She bore him within her bosom and could say with the spouse, I hold him and will not let him go. Canticle 3 4. Hence, there could be no night in this holy city where grace shone as the moon, nor was there need of any other rays than those of the sun, of justice since she possessed them in all plenitude, and not only in part, as the rest of the saints. 33. And the nation shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth shall bring their glory and honor into it. No excuse or justification can be banished children of Eve have, if, by the divine light which Mary gave to the world, they do not walk in the path of true happiness. In order that she might enlighten his church in the first age, Her son sent her and made her known to the first children of his holy church. In the course of ages, he has continued to manifest her holiness and greatness by the wonders performed by this queen and by the innumerable favors and blessings flowing from her hands upon mankind. In these last ages, which are present, he will spread her glory and make her known in new splendor, on account of the church's great need of her intercession and of her help against the world and the demon in the flesh. For these, though men's own fault, as we see even in our day, will assume greater sway and strength to hinder the work of grace in men and to make them more unworthy of glory. Against this new malice of Lucifer and his followers, the Lord wishes to oppose the merits and intercession of purest Mary and the light sent into this world by the example of her life. She is to be the refuge and sanctuary of sinners, and the straight and secure way full of splendor for all that wish to walk upon it. 34. If the kings and princes of the earth would walk in that light and seek their honor and glory in the city of Mary, and employ the greatness, power, riches of their states in advancing the honor of her name and that of her most holy Son, then they could rest assured that, being directed by this north star, They will be assisted in the exercise of their dignities and will govern their states with great success. In order to renew this confidence in our Catholic princes, professors, and defenders of the faith, he discloses all that I know, and in the course of this history have been made to understand and record. For this reason, the highest king of kings and the restorer of monarchies has given the Most Holy Mary the title of patroness, protectress, and advocate of the Catholic kingdoms. Through this singular blessing, the Most High has resolved to remedy the calamities and difficulties which the Christians, on account of their sins, are to endure and suffer, and which in our own times we sorrowfully and tearfully are sustaining. The infernal dragon has poured out his froth and fury against the Holy Church because he sees the carelessness of its head and members, and because he sees so many men in love with vanity and delusive pleasures. The greater part of the guilt and its punishment falls upon those who call themselves Catholic, whose offenses, as being those of children, are more heinous, for they know the will of their Heavenly Father who dwells on high, and yet do not strive to fulfill it more earnestly than the stranger's. Though knowing that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and must be gained by labors, they have nevertheless given themselves over to idleness and pleasure, temporizing with the world and the flesh. This dangerous deceit of the demon, the just judge, punishes by the demon himself, giving him in his just judgments the liberty to afflict the holy church and scourge its children with rigor. 35. But the Father of mercies, who is in heaven does not permit the works of his kindness to be entirely undone. And in order to preserve them, he offers us the opportune protection of Most Holy Mary. In order that through her prayers and intercession, his divine justice may find some pretext or excuse for the suspension of the rigorous chastisements hanging over us, he wishes to wait and see whether we shall avail ourselves of the intercession of this great Queen and Lady of Heaven, for pacifying the just indignation of her divine Son, and whether we shall amend our lives, by which we make ourselves unworthy of his mercy and provoke his justice. Let not the Catholic princes and the inhabitants of these kingdoms neglect this occasion, wherein the Blessed Mary offers the days of salvation and the acceptable time of her protection. Let them exalt the glory and honor of this queen by devoting themselves entirely to the service of her divine Son and of her, in thankfulness of the blessings of the Catholic faith, which has been preserved until now so pure in these kingdoms. For both mother and son have, through this preservation of the faith, shown to the world their singular love toward these kingdoms, and they now show it again by vouchsafing this salutary advice. Let them therefore zealously strive to employ their power and their influence for spreading and exalting the name of Christ and that of most blessed Mary, through all the nations. Let them believe that, in order to oblige the Son, there can be no more efficacious means than to exalt his mother with due reverence, and to spread the knowledge and veneration of her through all the nations of the world. 36. For a still greater proof and testimony of the clemency of the Most Blessed Mary, the evangelist adds, And the gates thereof shall not be shut by day, for there shall be no night there, and they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. Let no one, even though he has been neglectful and a sinner, and an infidel or a pagan, approach the mother of mercy with diffidence. She who deprived herself of the glory of this right hand of her son, in order to assist us, cannot shut the portals of kindness to any one that seeks relief with a humble heart. Whether he arrives in the night of sinfulness or in the day of grace, at the hour of his life he shall be admitted and assisted. If he who calls in the middle of the night at the door of a true friend will force him either through his necessity or importunity to rise and help him with the desired bread, what will not she do, who is so loving a mother, who calls us and earnestly invites us to this remedy? Luke 11.8 She will not wait until we ourselves importune her, for she hastens to assist. She is eager to respond most sweet and delightful in her favors, and most liberal in enriching us. She is the leaven of mercy, inducing the Most High to grant it. She is the portal of heavens, opened up for our entering through her intercession and prayers. There shall not enter into it anything defiled nor deceitful. She is never roused to indignation or hatred against men. In her there is no deceit, no fault, or defect. She cannot fail in anything that mortals may need for their salvation. We have no excuse or pretext for not going to her with humble acknowledgement, since she, being pure and spotless herself, will purify and cleanse us also. She holds the keys to the fountains, from which, as Isaiah says, we may draw the waters of the Redeemer. Her intercession, in response to our petitions, will turn these keys, so that the waters will gush forth to wash us, and to make us worthy of her most blessed company." and that of her divine Son, for all the eternities. Instruction given to me by the great Queen and Mistress of the Angels. 37. My daughter, I wish to tell thee for thy comfort and the comfort of thy servants, that thou hast written of these mysteries in these chapters to my great satisfaction, and with the approbation of the Most High. He wishes the world to know that I have done for the Church in coming back from the Empyrean Heaven to assist the faithful, and how much I desire to help the Catholics who seek my aid in accordance with the commands of God and my own maternal affection. The saints also, and especially St. John, were particularly rejoiced that thou hast made mention of their jubilee at seeing me ascend with my Son and Lord. For it is time that the children of the Church should know this, and understand more fully the blessings to which the Omnipotent has raised me. They are thereby to enliven their hope and make themselves more capable of the favors I can and will bestow upon them. Let them know that I, as a loving mother, am filled with pity at seeing them so deceived and oppressed by the tyranny of Satan, to whom they have blindly fallen victims. St. John, my servant, has concealed many other sacraments in the 21st and the 12th chapter of the Apocalypse, concerning the favor shown me by the Almighty. In the course of this history thou hast revealed those which the faithful can profitably know at present, and thou shalt reveal still more. 38. But thou must, without delay, gather for thyself the fruits of all that hast understood and written. First of all, thou must advance in heartfelt love and devotion toward me, and be convinced that I shall be thy help in all tribulations, thy constant assistance in all thy works, that the portals of my mercy are open up for thee and for all whom thou recommendest to me. If only thou shalt make thyself such as I desire, Therefore I inform thee, my dearest, and urgently remind thee, that in the same manner as I was fitted out in heaven for returning and engaging in a more perfect activity on this earth, so the Lord desires thee to be renewed in the heaven of thy interior, in the secret and superior parts of thy spirit, in those private exercises by which thou hast created the interior solitude for writing the rest of this life. Understand that all this has been brought about without special providence of God, which thou wilt easily see in pondering over and recording thy experiences before beginning this third part. Now that thou art left alone and art freed from the government and daily intercourse of this community, I give thee this advice. And there is now a special reason that with the divine favor thou renew thyself in the imitation in life and putting into practice as far as possible what thou knowest of me. This is the will of my divine Son and is in a harmony with thy own wishes. Hear then my teaching, and gird thyself with fortitude. Resolve with all the powers of thy will to be attentive, fervent, constant, eager, and diligent in seeking to please thy spouse and Lord. Accustom thyself never to lose him out of sight, even when thou descendest to intercourse with creatures, and engagest in the works of Martha. I shall be thy teacher. The angels shall stand by thee so that with them and by means of their enlightenment thou continually praise the Lord. The Most High will lend thee his strength, so that thou mayest fight his battles with his and thy enemies. Do not make thyself unworthy of such great blessings and favors. This concludes our reading today for day number 282. We've been reading from Volume 4, Book 7, Chapter 3, Paragraphs 32-38. to One of the things that has always intrigued me and been a subject that I've thought about is Mary's reception of Holy Communion in the early church after the resurrection of Jesus. And today we hear this explanation that Mary received Holy Communion and that communion stayed with her until she received the next Holy Communion. For us, when we receive Holy Communion, it, is taken up into our bodies by the normal processes. And so we don't have that perpetual unity with the Lord. We have that momentary unity after we receive Holy Communion. This allowed Mary then to converse with our Lord and to be very close to him who she loved so much in this life. And then our reading goes on to really tell us about the Age of Mary, so St. Louis de Montfort would talk about the age of Mary, and in these last ages, which are the present, he will spread her glory and make her known a new splendor, so just as St. Louis de Montfort talked about the age of Mary, so too does Maria of Agurda. and then she goes on to tell us about the great glory of the Blessed Mother, the power of her prayers and intercession and. I really like this comparison to the parable of Luke eleven eight, that the person who goes to his neighbor and says, I need something and is persistent. Well that's kind of like us. That at any moment, at any hour of the day, we can call out to the blessed mother and we can ask her for her prayers. And that's exactly how she instructed Maria Vagarda. First of all, thou must advance in a heartfelt love and devotion toward me and be convinced that I shall be thy help in all tribulations, thy constant assistance in all thy works. So thou shalt be convinced of this. I hope you are as we continue to make our way through the mystical city of God. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes of the mystical city of God. I'm grateful you joined me today and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.